that says closed. And this sign says sale, yarn. Big Bird, the store's closed, you know. Oh, yes, Susan. I'm just looking at the signs because I'm using signs to practice learning words. Oh, that's a good idea. How are you doing, though? Oh, fine. I'm going up and down Sesame Street and reading all the signs. Mm -hmm. One up on the corner on the lamppost says Sesame Street. Right Our on the street sign. sign, that's right. Mm -hmm. Just beyond that, there's another little sign that says stop. Right on the corner, the stop sign. Good. Right. This one says sail, yarn. Right. Hey, you're doing all right. But there's a word that I saw today. Uh-huh. <sighs> I can hardly say it, and I sure don't know what it means. Well, why don't you tell me? Maybe I can help you. Well, it's quite a word. You ready to hear it? Sure. Okay, listen to this. <clears throat> Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is. I, I beg your pardon, Big Bird. That's the word. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is. Abka, what? Where did you see that word? Right over there in oh, the yard. Oh, in the yard? Sure. Oh, there? Yeah. Whoa. That is some kind of word. Whoa. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is. It's the most remarkable word I've ever seen. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is. I wish I knew exactly what I mean. It starts out like an A word, as anyone can see. But somewhere in the middle, it gets awfully queer to me. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is. If I ever find out just what this word can mean. I'll be the smartest bird the world has ever seen. Uh, maybe Gordon would know, or, or maybe Bob. I could ask them. Uh, then again, it might be kind of an elephant, or a funny kind of kazoo, or a strange exotic turtle that you never see in a zoo. It might be a kind of doggy, or a particular shade of blue, or maybe a pretty flower. Nah, not with a name like that. Uh-uh. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is It's the most remarkable word I've ever seen. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is I sure wish I knew exactly what I mean. It starts out like an A word, as anyone can see. But somewhere in the middle, it gets awfully queer to me. Abkadefki Jekyllman Opkorstuvix is If I ever find out just what this word can mean I'd be the smartest bird this world has ever seen Oh, Big Bird, that's a terrific song <laughs> But I really hate to tell you this what? But that's not a word everybody, it's the Nightfly with Dave Juskow, your host with the most, and it is a beautiful October day in New York City, back from sunny L.A., ready to brave the beautiful fall here in New York City, a perfect weather day, a bit chilly, you know, I was 
living with the palm trees and beautiful weather the way it always is out there, and to come back with a little nip in the air is actually quite nice when it's fall. It would be kind of a bummer if it was August. But this is perfect. Fall weather, mid-October. When is this coming out? With the 26th, I think. Oh, my God, almost the end of October, almost November. So it makes sense that it's cold. First day wearing a jacket. And here we are. The season begins. Back from a, I'll say successful trip because I, I didn't cry much in Los Angeles. And here we are. And the reason I played the thing up top is because, yes, I'm alone again. And I really tried that. Well, I, I didn't try hard. I mean, I just came back today from Los Angeles, so I didn't try hard uh, to get a guess. And when I say get a guess, I just wanted a person that was going to sit there and I was going to explain to them my trip to L.A. But I have you guys for that. I just asked this 23-year-old girl in my office. She, she couldn't make it. I was like, are you doing anything tonight? Of course she's doing something. Tonight. She's 23 years old. Why wouldn't she do something? Come on. Ironically, she's going to the goddamn show. I'm going to a comedy show. I'm like, you're going to a comedy show instead of doing the comedy show, which is my podcast. How dare you? But that's the story. Filming got taping on a Thursday today. Would normally, I like to tape. I don't like taping on Thursdays during this time of the year because I got to make sure everybody gets their picks into the football pool. And there's so many slackers, and I want to make sure everybody gets in. So I usually got to keep checking and checking until about eight twenty, you know, until the game starts. And then I feel bad. But taping on a Thursday because. Could I dip in a Saturday? Sure I could. But who knows what happens over the weekends? Who knows where your life goes? I like. I mean, I'm, I'm not doing anything the weekends. So I might as well record. Plus, you know, I didn't want to forget anything. I am fresh from Los Angeles. I want to tell you about the trip. Everything affects the podcast and my life and the shows, and you have to hear about it. So I figure the, the sooner I get to it, the better we are. I have had... Uh, three cups of coffee today, which is odd. I usually only have one, but uh, I had one in the morning. I got to work early and uh, do puppet picks. And, oh, so those, what was I saying? The thing up front, we played the, the, the classic, the classic, legendary, Big Bird, Abkadefki Jekyll Monocker Stewitzes. What a queer word. Abkadefki Jekyll Monocker Stewitz. How many people remember that one, huh? Well, if you're my age, you definitely do, but, uh, I mean, really any age, I assume they must have played the hell out of it during, if you watched Sesame Street all those years, it was a classic, legendary song from Big Bird, and, you know, when you're a kid, you're even like, boy, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. This guy took the whole alphabet and made a word out of it, and everybody knows Abkadefki Jekyllmanakristowitz is the alphabet. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty smart, if you think about it. And the, the song's really good. It's almost like a show tune. And the reason why I opened up with it today, that, oh, I mean, yes, uh, Carol Spinney, the guy that does Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch, is retiring today. Or is today the 18th? All right, yesterday he retired. The reason I bring it up is for two reasons. Number one, I asked Memo to be my guest today just so we could talk. I always, you know, he's very busy. He's got a kid now and everything, and we film puppet picks together. Uh, at Ses- we film at Sesame Street, and he couldn't come today because there's a huge party for Big Bird, a big retirement party today at Sesame Street, which is why he could not be here today, which is why we played that. Yes, a little tribute. It's stupid. What a weekend. We do a lot of tributes on the show. We don't need to do a tribute to Big Bird. But, I mean, the fact is that, that we're involved and that Memo's actually going to the retirement party for Big Bird is legendary. And uh, it's just kind of funny, like, when you're growing up, 
which is why I, I still get a kick out of doing puppet picks at the Sesame Street studios. When you're a kid, you, you can't imagine being a part of Sesame Street. And me being the kid I was, I just wanted to be on Sesame Street. Not live on Sesame Street. I wanted to be on television. So, of course, I wanted to be on Sesame Street. I want to know how it works. I want to know how the puppets work. And when you go backstage and you see the whole thing, it's uh, it's still a thrill. So that's why Memo couldn't be here tonight. He is celebrating the man who bought us Abkadefki, Jekyll, Monocro, Stewitzes. This guy's 85. I think he was born the same a year before my father. Um, or maybe the same year. Same year as my dad. Mm. I feel like my dad's such a slacker now, you know? I mean, what a, what a, oh, was that my fire alarm? Oh, my God. Is there always some sort of interruption? I got to change the battery in my alarm. That's what that is. I keep thinking somebody's on the basketball court and I hear sneakers. Oh, that's going to be a problem. If it's not one thing, it's another. I mean, how Joey can you be? Stupid fire alarm. There's never a fire. In, oh, my God. I can still hear it. What am I going to do? All right. Hold on. All right. Took care of that thing. Man, there really is nothing more annoying than the fire alarm, you know, telling you it's got to change the battery, which, of course, it should be like that. But, uh, you know, it's just like you're sitting down, you prepare everything, and it wasn't going off. It wasn't going off two seconds. This is, you got to call Dave just got bad luck. I mean, this this is, describes my whole career. I was home for at least a half hour. I went to the bathroom. I was sitting right next to the fire alarm, went to the bathroom. I think I made a call. I made some texts. It wasn't going off then. As soon as I pressed record, it started going off. And I really, it sounds like, Sneakers on a basketball court, you know, like when in the NBA. It's so funny. So I had to, I had to get rid of that battery. Otherwise, we would not have been having a good time. But now we are. Anyway, so Memo's partying with Big Bird tonight. 85 years old. This guy is retiring. Finally. Unbelievable. Uh, I think the reason he's been able to sustain Sesame Street doesn't tape very often. Memo's told me they, they basically tape about two or three times a year. All that other stuff. And then they do stuff in between. But. Yeah, they basically only tape like two or three times a year. So I guess, you know, if you are if you started doing it when, well, I don't know. He started in 1969. He was on the goddamn first season. So if I'm 50 and he's, uh, I, I'm not going to be able to figure this out. You can figure out the math. I don't know how old it was when he started, but I guess if you only do something three times a year, then well, you can probably maintain that for quite a while. It's like we with puppet picks, you know? Uh, we only do it 17 times a year, so we should be really getting good at it now. Oh, I got to tell you, this week's puppet picks is outstanding. Oh, it's outstanding. That new character is... Oh, that Clarence. <laughs> oh, man, is he good. I love, I love practical jokes. Oh, it's a good new character. Uh, also, just so you know, this comes out on Tuesday the 26th. I believe it's the 26th. I don't, I don't want to check. Um, and this Thursday the 28th, Eighth, I, I'm assuming I have my dates right. You know what? I'll, I'll just take a look. Um, I, uh, you know, I'm completely wrong. It comes out on Tuesday, the 23rd. <laughs> Sorry about that. And on um, the 25th, I will be on uh, Fox News, uh, the, the Fox News Tom Shalou show uh, on the 25th, that is, right? Thursday, the 25th at 5 o'clock. Uh, that's 5 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, his show is from 3 to 6. I'll be on the last hour on the Fox News. You go on the internet and you say, listen live. And there I'll be. I love doing that show. And uh, thank you so much last week. Uh, I, I appreciate that a lot of you liked my uh, 
Willie Hitler commentary. Uh, <laughs> I like it too. I just wish it would work on stage. Uh, as soon as I mention Hitler, I, something goes horribly wrong in me in the sense that I just go too far and uh, then people just get annoyed. So at least we mentioned it here and it was funny. So anyway, I got my staples out today, only hours ago. Uh, I got to say, even though it's sore from taking it out to rub the back of my head and not feel metal there. Again, it's a, you know, picture Neo in the matrix when he feels behind his head and there's a fucking metal thing back there. And then it not being there anymore when you're in the matrix. I mean, well, it feels great. It feels great knowing they're not in there. It feels great um, just to, uh, it's all over. So, I mean, this doctor, I'm telling you again, like I told you, like a hygienist, the the doc, the nurse or whoever she is takes out the staples. Doctor comes in and he's like, you look great. I'll see you next year. I go, what? You don't want to, he's like, yeah, I'll see you, I'll see you in a year. You, you go back in a year to take a look at, I'm like this, I'm like, what? So all this guy had to do and what I pay him is $15,000 for about an hour, he surgically removed some hair from the back, and then I never saw him again. And then I suppose he, meant, he did some other consultations. So it's if he has, well, if I guess he can only take one person a day. Well, I don't think they do it every day. Well, I guess it's not that much then if you think about it. I'm just trying to figure out what this guy makes. If you do... Well, you probably do one, maybe three of these procedures a week. You think, or do you do it every day? And some people cost more. So let's say it's $20,000. Let's just say you do 20 of these a month for 20. How much is, why am I trying to do math? It just makes me look foolish and it's stupid. Anyway, I still don't get this guy. It's like, so basically all we need to do to make cash, you and me, We'll go to medical school. It'll be like those those airline pilots in September 11th. No, no, I don't. I don't need to know how to land. I just need to know how to take off and, and kind of keep it steady. It's kind of like that. I'm like, I'll go to medical school. I'll be like, no, no, I, I don't need. I just, I just need to know how to take a little bit off the back, and and then just give me a, uh, just give. I'll go over to Staples. I'll get one of those things and I'll just staple it up. Right. Just tell me how to remove the back. That's all I need. No, 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 you got to know how the human body... No, 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 you don't, you're not understanding. I only need to know this bit, and I can make quadruple of what I'm making now at my job. And when I say quadruple, I mean more than that, but I couldn't think of any other term. Sestuple, sectuple, octuple. Um, yeah. And if you enjoy the analogy I made to September 11th, it's kind of true. <laughs> so no no I really am it's not necessary for me to know how to land that's why when people were when they were teaching them how to fly somebody should have been suspicious so we weren't thinking about that then but now we would uh, I am not uh, I do not need to know how to land I'm good thank you why you gotta know how to land don't, don't you worry uh. <laughs> and David tell her the joke do you want smoking oh it will be I mean uh, no um. So yeah. Uh, oh, it's funny. Um, oh yeah. Oh, what I wanted to say was a. Uh, it, so that applicant, the Big Bird thing was recorded in in seventy two, and I guess I remember it as a record as a kid, or maybe they yeah they recorded it at some point. I remember it on a record, and then they just taped it for Sesame Street. 
And then they redid it in the 80s using the original song. It was shown as a flashback in a sketch with Big Bird or something. But the best one is that um, during the season... Uh, oh, no, wait, I'm sorry. Um, during the season 34 premiere... I remember, I guess they're on season 50. Um, he performed it at a karaoke night that Alan hosted at Hooper's store. At Mr. Hooper's store. And I saw that version, and it's hilarious. <laughs> There's something funny about like... And now let's get Big Bird up here to sing his hit. I mean... That would be like when Billy Idol did his own karaoke to his song on a Howard Stern show and he and he sang White Wedding, like, but karaoke. I mean, that's hilarious when somebody who wrote and performs the song is doing a karaoke style. That's always going to be funny. So it's hilarious that Big Bird actually did that on the season 34. But really, you want, should I, what, in here? It's like Mel Brooks and Hyang said, in here? Hyang, anxiety. It's always the same. Ooh,ziety. Uh, but then everybody sings along when he's doing it. I, I think that's pretty funny. All right, this one's called Abkadevsky Jekyll Monakers. Oh, you know it already. So let's um, go into uh, the trip to Los Angeles, and I'll tell you uh, why we need to discuss it. I mean, there's lots of uh, laughs and. And tears and everything you need. So I start off on Friday night. I get home from work. I pack all my stuff up immediately. I don't even take a nap. I just pack up my stuff. Everything takes me three hours. I leave at 11 o'clock. I pack up everything I need. I eat a little something. I never nap. At 11 o'clock, I leave to go to the Meadowlands to place a bet. The place is open until 2. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm actually going to do this. This is the true Degenerate before on my way to Newark Airport, I'm gonna stop at the Meadowlands and make a bet. Come driving to the airport. I figure I drive to the airport, you park there, it's just as much as taking an Uber. Um, however, I must have been in the wrong lot because I think I fucked up. <laughs> I saw the price yesterday, it was 170. I thought it was supposed to be 120. I could have sworn it was thirty-four dollars a day. Maybe I don't have my days correct. I again, here we are with the math. I don't know, I messed up. That's a little too much. Um, if it was one day less, that would have been perfect because that's what an Uber back and forth would cost. 170 mm, might have been a, might have been a mistake there. Uh, anyway, so I went to the Meadowlands, made the bet. Now, if you thought that when I tell you about the Meadowlands and how uh, it is there on the weekdays, degenerate-wise, going there when there's an actual game, and when I say game, it certainly ain't a football game. It was just the Dodgers game. And they're betting the sixth inning, the seventh inning. They're betting individual innings. People are going crazy. There's also a Utah football game. Utah sucks. It's all these guys. They're drinking. They're just sitting at the bar gambling. I mean, it's kind of beautiful, but not a female in sight and not where I want to be ever in my life. And then, of course, on the flip side of that, that's the only place I want to be. Like one day, just if they have a bar in New York where you could just keep going and gambling, it would be great with normal friends. These people, who knows where they come from. It was real fucked up. I just go in, do my business, and leave. Once again, missed $350 by one point. One goddamn point. That Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, I had it at 50. I got it at 49. How good are these guys that set these spreads? Oh, it was killer. Um, so then I figure, I don't want to sleep in the car so I go to my sister's, and I sleep there for about, I don't know, two hours, three hours maybe, just watching TV. 
on the couch with my alarm. I hate that stupid my alarm on my phone. It just you know it's like oh, if I have to set my alarm on my phone, I know it means I'm like it's just going to be a miserable day. I don't know why because you have to wake up too early when you do that. You know, I already have my clock set every day at home, so that doesn't bother me so much. But when it's the phone alarm, it's like ugh. I mean, something bad, or I have to take a nap, and it's so depressing when you get up in the middle of the day. You know, it's not your regular sleep pattern phone, so I don't know. It's really annoying, and then I felt like I've overslept, and I get confused. Anyway, I slept there. Like, I remember my sister joined me. She couldn't sleep because um, I think she was drunk, and she got up in the middle, and I woke up suddenly, and I'm like, "Is it? did I oversleep? Is it over? She goes, calm down. I, I don't know what happened. Oh, so wait. You got to hear this, right? So I get the FanDuel app, which is the the FanDuel is the place at the Meadowlands where you can bet a sports book. So I download the app, you know. I don't know whether I told you guys this. I think I did. So I think I told you this last week. I download the app and I get this fake GPS thing so I can use the app in New York because you can only gamble in Jersey. So I get a fake GPS thing fooling the app that I'm in New Jersey. But they don't fall for it for a second. Every time I log on in the city, they're just like, uh, we can't verify your address. We can't verify your address. So now I'm in Jersey. I got plenty of time to kill. So I'm just like, all right, look, now I'm in Jersey, jerk offs. What's the story here? So I live chat with these guys at around 2 in the morning. And they're like, uh, yeah, um, you're suspended because you have to take that fake GPS thing off your app. And I'm like, what? How the hell do you know that? I mean, they knew the exact product I had. I got, I downloaded three of those. Kept one, and they knew the exact app that I had. Holy shit. And I'm like, oh, uh, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'll look around and see if I got it. But uh, I took it. Then you, then you got to send an email saying you've taken it off, and then we'll d- decide whether we're going to let you play again. I mean, wow. I mean, these guys are so, Why aren't they doing national security? How did the Russians hack? Uh, why aren't they working for Facebook? These guys are fucking good. Jesus Christ, they knew the, I mean, it's terrifying as well. They know all the apps I have on there, but plus you, you, maybe you'd be better off not using Pornhub so much. What? How dare you talk to a man of my stature like that? I, I only use it for, I, I, you know, I know some girls in there. I'm just trying to support them, you know, so they don't commit suicide. That's the only reason I'm, Hey, wait a minute. I don't have to tell you this. Oh, it was amazing. I finally got the letter in the mail like two days ago. They're like, all right, we're going to give you another chance. But I swear to God, it's like like the president of FanDuel is like, now you listen to me and you listen good. I mean, they're like bookies. They're like old school bookies, but they're like really serious. If we ever, ever find you using that GPS app again, oh boy, are you going to get it good? You're going to get it good. I can't believe I couldn't fool them. That's like my favorite thing to do. Boy, these guys are good. But, you know, now I don't need the app. Well, if I'm Jersey, I'll just go to the Meadowlands. That was supposed to save my whole thing. And meanwhile, I got a call. I lost a whole bunch of money this week. The whole thing backfired in my face because then I was trying to make up the money again. It was a disaster when I had this perfect plan. I pay off what I got and I just use the money that I actually have with this new app. But because I can't do it in New York, it screwed me up. And yes, I'm blaming everybody else because I don't want to blame myself. So that was interesting. Anyway, I get up. I go to the airport. Everything's... Find my boy who uh, hooked me. I know United Airlines hooked me up with a better seat, which was sweet magic. And also, um, you know, I was riding United Airlines, which I don't usually like, but because my guy works there, I'm always like, well, what the hell, just in case something happens. And of course, there was an incident because United Airlines always has incidents. Guy wouldn't get out of his seat. I taped it. 
but you can't really hear it. Uh, he was having seed, and there was all this problem. And I thought they were going to, I mean, it was right in front of me, so I was able to videotape it because I thought that was my civic duty because I haven't been able to tape anything before. But it wasn't as interesting as I wanted it to be. I don't know why he wasn't escorted off immediately. I thought once you make an altercation with the people and security has to come on, they just take you off. They let him stay. I think his daughter was there and she was like five, so they just let him stay. But I thought once you start yelling at the staff, you're you're just done in this day and age, you know, because you're making everybody uncomfortable. Uh, the only reason it wasn't uncomfortable because we're at least know he doesn't have a gun. I have to assume that TSA did a thorough job. And, of course, he was wrong. He was just trying to scam. But I don't, I don't know why he was allowed to be on the plane. But I didn't care. I hadn't slept at all, so I was ready to sleep. And then I was in L.A. by 9 in the morning. 9 in the goddamn morning. I'm telling you, that's the best way to go. 6 a.m. flight, first flight out, never delayed. Get the whole day there. It's beautiful. I mean, that's the thing. If you travel, you leave. It's the first flight out of here. You get there at 9 in the morning. And if you leave the last flight out of L.A., you don't, you don't spend any days traveling you know you don't miss one day for travel anyway so i get saturday i go to my friend's house and i decide you know what i want new shoes i don't like i'm wearing these grandpa's shoes because you know they're easy to take off at the airport to slip on slip on slip off and i want to get new shoes i want to be an adult i want to buy new shoes for sarah's party sarah's having a party on the rooftop and I'm dressing up. And the people say, you're going to look like an old man. You're wearing a jacket. And I'm like, I am an old man. I'm supposed to dress up. So I dressed up. You know, I wore that jacket I wore for my birthday. Little Tommy Bahama shirt action. Jeans. And these brand new shoes. I decided to go buy shoes. So I bought one of the gay guys with me. And I bought shoes. I bought shoes. I went to, first we went to Macy's. I didn't like the selection. We went to DSW. And I bought a pair of shoes. And you know what I say? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave these at your house. I'm going to leave these at your house so I don't have to pack in the bag because I don't want the shoes to take up. They're heavy. I don't want them in my bag. They're hard to pack. It saves room. I said, they said, yeah, that's a great idea. Just leave them here. But they're great shoes. Actually, I wish I had them. They're better than the ones I just got in the mail because uh, I needed new shoes. But they were great. I'm glad I got them. They make me look a little taller. You know what I'm talking about, fellas. And uh, I like them. But like an adult, I went out and bought more shoes. I always say when I pack, I'm like, ah, if I forget anything, I'm an adult. I can just go to a store and get something. I actually did it this time. Can't believe it. I am growing up. <laughs> and then when I tell you the rest of the story, I'm not growing up. So I go to Sarah's house, and I, I before I get there, I you know I go, you want me to come at 5 o'clock or, or 6 o'clock? I'll come early. She goes, well, you're just going to watch me like... Uh, you know, get ready, shower, you know, put on my makeup and get dressed, pick out clothing. I'm like, yeah, how how is that different than any other time that we've ever spent together? That's all I usually do. I know it sounds kind of sexy, but it's so not at this point. Um, I just watch her change different outfits. And I know it, other guys are like, oh, my God, that would be amazing. And I always think about that, too. I tell her, I'm like, boy, uh, there would be so many guys I know that would kill to be in this situation, but it's so not sexy at this point. And we just talk while I... Uh, I just sit in the bathroom, and that's where we have our conversations. Talk about the party, talk about things to come. But I bought a 12-pack of beer of cans of Budweiser that I left in her fridge because I knew I was going to want them later. And then I had one to start off with, you know. And then she told me who was coming, and she goes, now listen, this year I I really want you to meet Diane Keaton. I'm going to introduce you to Diane Keaton. I'm like, well, uh, okay. Yeah, you heard me. She wants me to meet Annie Hall. I'm like, oh. I'd be okay with that. 
She's also getting her bed ready for another celebrity that she might think she might have sex with, which is unbelievable because it's like, you know, like sometimes I'll make my bed. I'm like, well, you know, maybe if one of the girls from the office comes over, you know, you never know, you know, whatever. But with her, it's like, and this isn't the person, but he goes, well, you know, George Clooney's coming tonight just in case, you know, I'll just, I mean, it's just so, so different than the way the rest of us think. Well, just in case this newly single man that comes over, you know, case uh, chris pine might come over it's really funny so um because i because i was like can i stay over tonight if i if it's late because you know i'm going to santa monica in the morning she's like well you know yeah if i get lucky you know like (laughs) like that kind of stuff uh normal people stuff but not normal the who's of you know who she might hook up with and the complete difference with who i i might uh, hook up with this bartender down the street what about you? I, um, my, you know Thor? You know the guy who plays Thor? Well, he's coming tonight, so I'm going to see what happens. Oh, well, Th- well yeah. Well, sh- well, he's good. I might sleep with that guy. I mean, seriously, I mean, I mean, that guy's, that guy's ridiculous. Was it Chris Hemsworth? I got that right? Anyway, so, uh, so anyway, I go upstairs and I say, I'm not going to get drunk like last year. I told you this already. I'm not going to get drunk like last year. I'm just not going to do it. And she, so she has the regular two bars. She obviously fired that bartender from last year. And she has a pot bar, a weed bar, where you just go up to the bar and the guy says, which kind of weed do you want? And he rolls you a joint and you leave. And uh, why not? I mean, I can tell you all this now because it's completely legal there. Completely legal. So that's the problem for me. I had, for some reason, I started with a whiskey sour. It was the bartender's choice. Like, what about a whiskey sour? And I'm like, all right. I'll open with that. That won't get me that fucked up. So I had three of those. Big deal. I've had much more than that to drink, and I haven't been that fucked up. I got fucked up again. I couldn't talk to anybody. You know why? The weed. The weed. I got hot. What are you not supposed to get? There's a there's a, a pot bar. You're there with Jeff Ross. You're there with other people. You know, just legendary high people. What are you not going to get high? When Sasha Baron Cohen offers you some weed, what are you not going to accept it? What are you going to look like a lunatic? That's the problem. The combination is what's killing me. I don't think I can get high next time. I got to stick to the alcohol that I can handle. I can't handle the combination. So I was a mess again, and I could not meet Diane Keaton. There was no way I was going to ruin that. I couldn't meet her. Cory Booker was there. You know, we've had dinner before and hung out, and I wanted to say hello, but I could not. I was too wasted, or I thought I was. You know, I kept telling people I'm too wasted. They're like, you don't seem wasted, but in my mind, I was a mess. The only one I went up to and, and immediately talked to was Breckenmeyer from Clueless, and I was going to tell her, oh, I just talked to Amy Heckerling the other day. But I, I just couldn't get it out. I just didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin anything, you know. It was just too much. There's always a point to that party where I'm just like, I can't take it. There's too many people here that are, you know. And it's one of those things you're just looking around you and a guy, God, that guy looks like. And then it is. I mean, it's crazy. Boy, that looks like Katy Perry. Oh, it is Katy Perry. You know what I'm saying? It's like you know, you're in a bar and you see somebody you're like, God, that guy looks exactly like. The odds of it being that person are slim to none. Maybe 1% chance that it is, especially if you live in New York City. 
Like, I remember we were at the Nets game once, and my friend Lee keeps going, that's Tara Reed, that's Tara. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Then it turned out it was Tara Reed. We didn't go up to her because I was like, don't be ridiculous. Why would Tara Reed be here? But this is that party where it's like, well, Tara Reed wouldn't even be invited. Nobody from Sharknado was invited. But that's the thing is, oh, that looks like Diane Keaton. Oh, my God, it is Diane Keaton. I mean, damn it. And she wanted to introduce me. I, I couldn't do it. Can you believe that? That kind of makes me kind of a loser. Still had a good time anyway. And then I was talking to Yamanika, you know, the uh, big black comic who I liked very much, but she was just getting too, she was too high and she was getting too real. She's like, the thing about men is what you get. And I'm like, no, I don't, don't want to have this conversation. I love this girl, but I, no, not, not now. I just want to have a good time. And I get to see everybody. I get to see uh, Sasha Barton Cohen. It was his birthday, so we got him a cake. It's pretty goddamn exciting. Um, I got to see David Wayne, Brecken Meyer said, uh, Lauren Bouchard from Bob's Burgers, which was nice. And he comes up to me and I, I'm so wasted. He just looks like every other guy that is bald with the beard. And he's like, hey, whatever. Hey, I'm so glad we get to see you. I'm like, yes, yes. Uh, and then he said something. I'm like, right, of course. Yes, I know. <laughs> Hello, duh. Oh, I'm so bad with names and faces. I just saw him, you know, when I went to Bob's Burgers last time I was there, and he was so nice, and we worked together in the past. And Oh, God, I'm sorry. I just don't remember who was there, and everyone's there, and it's so funny when she tells me who's coming and all that kind of stuff. Of course, I saw Oh, so so th- this is hilarious, right? So I see Amy Yazbeck. Now, you remember she was married to John Ritter. She was in Wings. Oh, because I was hung out, hanging out with Stephen Weber the whole time. I mean, I got pictures. Uh... I see him every year at the party. Very nice guy. Um, and uh, so I'm hanging out with uh, Yazbek. <laughs> She's really pretty and really nice, and she likes me. And if it, if it was any other, I would think she likes me that way, but who knows. So she does this thing, which is a Ritter Foundation thing, because she's still in love with John Ritter. Like she's, she has not moved on from his death, the great John. Who would? Guy was a goddamn genius. And she does this thing, and she does this benefit in New York, which I got a T-shirt from every year, and this year was no exception. I got the T-shirt. It comes in November. And during the marathon, they do a charity event somewhere. And she goes, well, I said, well, where are you doing it? And she goes, we're doing it at this restaurant this year because where we are doing it this year, they didn't give us the thing. I'm like, where would you used to do it? He goes, well, she goes, you probably wouldn't know the place. It's on Fifth Avenue. It's called Tommy Bahamas. And I'm like, what? Did somebody tell you to tell me that? She's like, no, no, no. It's a, it's a, Tommy, it's, it's a restaurant. It's on the second floor. And we used to, I'm like, yeah, no. I worked there. I mean, there was no reason to tell her anything else. I mean, I worked. I do work there. I know I work in the building, but you know, I'm so in there. And everything I was wearing on my body was from Tommy Bahamas. I mean, it was just really funny. And I'm like, you know, I could probably, I could probably hook that up for you again <laughs> if if you want. Are you kidding? Did it? Jake's my boy. Are you kidding? I she was he was just talking about yes he was man if you're dicking me around listen let me ask you a question what happens if I dick you now I'm doing sixteen candles I hope you recognize it those of you who love this podcast knew immediately and I appreciate that thank you Jake Jake time bombs my boy uh so how funny is that and we're just sitting on the ground doing it and everybody's it's 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 an unbelievable party I know I tell you about it every year I'm sorry I got so fucked up again. I hate that I did. And so this, so here's the best part, right? I meet this really pretty actress. 
and I knew for some I didn't know I, I never met her before. Really pretty, age appropriate for me. On the TV show Glow, I can tell you that I won't tell you name. And not, you know, a big, perfectly thin and fit, really pretty, and we hit it off. Uh, because she was on, uh, I think she took mushrooms. I, I don't know what happened. Anyway, we really hit it off. We definitely hit it off. I'm not crazy. So later that night, at the end of the night, just a couple of us go down to Sarah's, like very close friends, and just hang out a tiny bit more. Maybe another half hour, wrap up the party. Uh, and that's when I drink my cans of beer, you know, because I am a Jersey boy at heart. Um. So this girl comes down, and she's like, boy, I really need somebody to drive me home. And I'm like, yeah. I see what you're saying. She's like, no, I really don't want to go home alone. I don't want to go home alone. Uh, I have to go through this parking lot. My boots make noise, and it makes me really nervous. I'm like, yeah, sure it does. Yeah, so what I'm saying is I really don't want to go home alone. You know, just uh, I don't even want to Uber because then I still got to get off in this parking lot. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, that must be hard. I mean, this is just like that Simpsons episode where he goes, they're undercover. uh, They're uh, in the witness protection program. He goes, now, Mr. Thompson, I'm going to call you Mr. Thompson for now. You're no longer going to be Mr. Simpson. You got it? Mr. Thompson. <laughs> he still never gets it. I mean, this girl's asking. She's begging me to take her home uh, for what we have to assume. is, is um, But yes, for because she really doesn't want to do that walk. But she asked me to take her home. It's a perfect situation. Dave Juskai loves driving drunk. But he does not like driving high. And Dave Juskai passes up the opportunity and says, I am so sorry. I would absolutely drive you home, but I am in no condition to drive. Which made me feel better about myself, and obviously worse, because I can't believe I passed up this unbelievable opportunity, even if, I mean, something was going to happen. We were going to kiss for sure. Because Dave Juskow was being responsible, which always, whenever you're responsible, people, I'm telling you young kids out there, you'll lose. You'll lose every time being responsible. What are you going to do? There was no way I could drive. I couldn't even be in the Uber with her. I could barely talk. My voice was shot. I was fading. It was just, there was no way I could have driven. I couldn't have even been with an Uber. I would have been no good. Uh, but I definitely could not drive. And But if I had been drinking, I could have driven. The pot messes me up. And the combination is a disaster. So you know what? Listen, you guys know I will drive drunk. I do it a lot, but high, I cannot do, and at least I know, and that's something, right? So I couldn't do it, so, oh, it sucks. She's like, I'm like, well, you could stay here with me. I could take you home in the morning, and she's like, yeah, maybe I'll do that, but then I don't even know what happened. All I know is the next day, I instant messenger, and I said, I hope you got home okay, because I don't know what to do. I just wanted to make a move. And two days later, she's like, yeah, I just got home, which is hilarious because she's funny. I think she's a comedian. I don't know. And then I just went for it and I just said, look, I'm in town for one more day. Do you want to go out tomorrow night? I'll take you out for dinner. I'll make up for my unheroics. I think you should accept this offer. I wrote exactly that. I made a bold move. I think you should accept my offer. And uh, she wrote back that night and said, I'm sorry, I'm going to a friend's house for a party, um, so I can't make it tonight. Um, when I looked on Instagram when I got home, now that I follow her, I wasn't stalking. 
I already did that already. Uh, there was a picture of her and the friend's house that she was at, and it was like, oh, I wouldn't have passed that up either. It was like everybody from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> like, they must have all just been off this week, and they're all in California, and it was like, oh, well, that would be like saying, can you go out Saturday night? And I'm going to Sarah's, but I just say, I'm going to a friend's rooftop party. And then, you know, it's just a picture with me, Diane Keaton, and Steve Martin, you know, <laughs> like just in an Instagram photo. Best night ever. <laughs> like so, so I don't feel bad. Maybe it can still work out. I'm pretty sure I've heard she doesn't have a boyfriend. I know mutual friends. I'm telling you, and I don't know anything, but I went for it. But uh, responsibility ruined the entire evening. And then no responsibility and not taking responsibility and getting high and drunk was not responsibility. So it was a disaster. You know what? Forget, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Still an excellent time. Doesn't matter, right? So I go to sleep. I'm sleeping on Sarah's couch because it's like 3 in the morning now. I got to be in Santa Monica at 6, so I don't want to go all the way back to Pasadena. Obviously, I told you I can't drive. So I sit down for about three hours. Sarah's making her football picks, and I'm helping her while I'm fading away. And she ended up like winning the pool <laughs> with my late-night sleepy drunk picks. I was like, oh, you better off do it. It was amazing. I should make my picks like that all the time. I don't know what I'm doing. I always try to make them sober. What an idiot I am. And then, uh, so I wake up at 6 in the morning, leave, go down to Santa Monica, go to the beach, just like I love to do. And I was in such a good mood. I got a cup of coffee at 7-Eleven, just walking around the beach. It was, it was terrific. It really is my favorite thing to do. And at 9 o'clock, my friend meets me. We go to Barney's Beanery. We sit in the same table. The game started at 10. I was drinking again. I had a couple of beers. It, it was terrific. Really great, except that I lost everything. That was the only bad part. And the guy I was with, he came in. He won the pool, too. He came in second, whatever, first, second. Uh, it was great. I mean, it was so much fun. And, uh, you know, by 1.30, I'm done. I can do stuff. So Sarah and I, we decided we are going to have brunch at like 3 o'clock, even though I just ate. But I don't care. That was the plan. But then I get a call from my hero, Adam Schlesinger, he goes, great seeing you last night at the party, you know, from Fountains of Wayne. Do you want to have dim sum at 4.30 in Glendale? I go, oh, my God, that's perfect. Because I'm not hearing from Sarah. And I'm even, like, waiting kind of by her house. But I really want to go see Adam Schlesinger. And uh, he's like, me and my friend are going. And I couldn't believe he invited me. I was, like, so excited because, you know, how much I like him and think how talented he is. So at 3.30, I just keep texting Sarah, and I'm like, listen, I'm going to do this because I haven't heard from you. And then she's like, oh, shit, I just woke up. Yes, I want to go. And I'm like, oh, it's too late. I'm going to Glendale. So I get to see some friends in Glendale first because they live there. Uh, the, but Mitch Watson, who we had on the show before, was working on the shows and stuff, and I saw them for a little bit, and then I went for dinner, right? This place, this beautiful dim sum place. Somewhere in Glendale with Adam and this guy. So this guy tells us a story uh, that he used to date <laughs> I, when I first see him, I'm like, is this a joke? Because he looks, he's a dead ringer for Ben Stiller. And I thought that was the gag. He was giving me a different name and it actually was Ben Stiller, but he was too tall. I mean, he's really a dead ringer. And when you're in California, I'm at these parties and I'm with Adam, I think maybe it's Ben Stiller. But he was also too kind to Ben Stiller. I don't think he's that nice. This guy was nice, but he really did look like him. And then he says, 
Yeah, so before Ben Still got married, uh, I used to date this girl, Christine Taylor, um, who Ben Stiller ended up marrying. You know, this is the girl who played Marsha Brady in the Brady Bunch. You know how pretty she is. And me and Adam were just looking at each other. We're like, well, I, I guess she has a type. <laughs> I mean, it was so weird. I mean, this girl, Christine Taylor, has a complete type. It's so weird. If we could show you a picture of this guy, you'd be like, oh, my God. What's her? But we got to find. I think they're divorced now. We got to see who she goes out with next. I mean, talk about a girl that has a specific type. I mean, that it was so funny. Anyway, the important thing is, oh, and I'm not prepared. Hold on a second. I'm going to get something for you. I want to show you. I want I want you to hear something. I don't think we've talked about this before. Hold on. The great Adam Schlesinger made a. Uh, okay, he made an album two years ago for the Monkees, a brand new Monkees album. Uh, with I think just the three of them. I think uh, Davy Jones was dead at the time. He made a brand new Monkees album. He produced it. The whole damn album. And it's great. And it got like really good press. Um, yeah, it's the first... Uh, I just reading the thing here. It is the first Monkey Studio album since 1996. The longest gap to date. The first since death of founding member David Jones. The album... Blah, blah, blah. But I just want to see if they have some reception. The album has received generally positive reviews, including four out of five. Who declared the good times probably the Monkey's best album after their hits compilation. While the New York Times summed up the release with 50 years later, the Monkeys are still endearing. I'm telling you, the album, if you are a musician, you know, like maybe the public didn't really listen to it, but if you're a musician, you like, you're like, wow, this is really interesting. I can't believe this is really good. And I don't think we played this, but the reason why I'm playing this now is because I asked him if he would do my Christmas show on December 3rd at the uh, Village Underground, Adam. And he said, well, the Monkees are making a new Christmas album. So what if I bought Mike, uh, what if I bought uh, Mickey Dolenz to come and sing some of the songs? I'm like, well, that'd be all right. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding? That'd be unbelievable. You know, then I told this 23-year-old girl at the office today that I wanted to be on the show. I'm like, and they're going to bring Mickey Dolan. She's like, I, have no, I even sang the song, so she had no idea. That's okay. You can't get mad at the kids who don't know shit. That's quite all right. I didn't know anything at that age either. But people our age, are you kidding? It'll sing a couple Christmas songs. Then we'll make them do Last Train to Clarksville. Are you kidding? Is that If that's not a show, then I don't know what a show is. But listen to this song. This song was called You Bring the Summer. Uh, let's see who it was written by. I don't know who it was written by, you know, but all produced by the great Adam Schlesinger. This was by Andy Partridge. Uh, Andy Partridge of XTC, right? XTC? Is that, did I get that right? Um, listen to this. This is fucking unbelievable.
pretty good, right? I mean, it's uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's really good. They've you know they made some albums in uh, in uh, you know like in the nineties, which weren't very good. I mean, that's pretty good. There's another song too on it. Um, I mean, there's a couple of really good songs, but the writers are you know it's like all guys that kind of grew up worshiping the monkey. So, um, you know, uh, Adam wrote a song. Um, uh, Rivers Cuomo. Um, let's listen to Adam's song. You, you blew my mind. You turned back time. You changed my Good or what? something else i mean this guy just knows how to write good songs and good music and he wrote this one for the monkeys it sounds like the monkeys and it's it sounds like a grown-up version of the monkeys the guy's goddamn good and he's talented and hopefully he's going to be at my christmas show we should just have to sing that song and a bunch of christmas songs god damn it how cool is that this i'm telling you i know i mean i'm sorry you know yeah oh he's always talking about adam sledge well you know damn this guy is good i think i heard that Again, didn't know it was him until I did the research. Couldn't believe it. And he produced the whole album, and the album just got all this praise. And and you know what I was, was going to say? This guy should be writing a musical. Well, he is. This is the guy that's writing Sarah Silverman's new musical. So, unbelievable. So, if we can get him to come to the cell of December 3rd, 
with Mickey Dolenz. I mean, Jesus Christ, for anybody my age, for anybody, I don't know, I guess from 40 to 60, from 40 to 70, I mean, this this is this is as good for us than it's just as good as having Paul McCartney come over and sing a couple of goddamn Christmas songs. Goddamn. It, it'll be one of those things that if you get to meet him, shake his hand, you'll be like, I, I cannot believe I'm meeting. I never thought this would happen. You know, as a little boy, uh, that's pretty fucking cool stuff. And you can say all those people at Sarah's party and it really won't make a difference compared to watching this guy sing live. And if I can do backup vocals with him, I mean, that's pretty much a goddamn dream come true. After I go there, I go to meet Jeff Ross at the Village Idiot Bar. And I, you know, I just want to keep drinking. I had some beers at the place. I'm just drinking. I'm drinking the whole night. I'm drunk. I'm just drunk. I'm keeping drinking because I'm on vacation. Like in Beverly Hills Cop, I'm on vacation. So I just keep drinking. I don't care. I'm having a good time. I got nothing to do. So we go to Jeff's house. So we go to Village Underground and get another drink. Village Idiot, it's called. Then we go to his house because we're going to do his podcast. Now, remember, I was going to the podcast there, but they don't have it set up at all. And you know what? Thank God I didn't do it. What a mess that place is. First of all, his podcast stinks. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's so high. He doesn't know what day it is. He's in his bathrobe or a kimono or something. So he has all these people come downstairs. He's got this guy, Kai, who's actually very nice. But it's like everybody there, they're like, First, Jeff's like, you got to read this out, read it out loud. It's my historical roast stuff. Now, normally that would be pretty cool, but I'm so angry because it's historical roast and I'm not involved, so I'm just angry. Then this other guy's like, oh, you got to see my new music video. Like, everybody shoves their work in your face, and I'm just trying to say, I'm on vacation. And I don't want to hear any of your shit, and if we're doing a podcast, I just want to have some laughs. I'm drunk, and I'm high, and I just want to have a good time. And this guy's like, you know, it's like he's it's anything but a good time. He ordered more food. I'm like, you shouldn't be eating more food. And and then um, and then he says, like, Dave, I listen to all your podcasts. I'm like, you don't listen to any of my podcast. So he's got this rather, he's got this super hot girl, of course, you know, who's actually 32, not 22. She's hot, but she's sitting in, nobody knows why. Uh, the engineer and I guess, and Yamanika. Yamanika's there. So I think we're just going to have a good time. He's like, no, that's not what, that's not the way my podcast works. I don't want anybody to have a good time. I want to get real. I want to get real down. He's like, you know, I just want people to see you the way you are. You're funny. And I'm like, yeah, they do. You know, when when we're having a good time, Yamanika's talking about her dead cat for an hour and a half. I go to Ra- I tell Rachel, she goes, oh, you mean Forbes magazine? She knew who the dead cat was because that's all Yamanika talks about. Is it Now, I always talk about a dead cat, but it's been a year. So I don't talk about her anymore. Yamanika's still talking about this cat. Then she's talking about how her grandmother used to kill cats and boil them. And I'm like, what, what kind of fucking podcast is this? And he's like, Dave, shut up. And I'm like, shut up. I'm drunk and high. I was planning. This is, I'm I'm planning on doing Artie's podcast. I was just here to laugh and have a good time. What the fuck kind of podcast is this? He's like, no, I just want people to get real. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's not for me. That is not for me. I just want to have a good time. You don't have enough beer. He didn't have enough alcohol. I mean, the house is great, and it's fun, but I just... And the weird part was, so we're watching that Kansas City Chiefs-Patriots game, which completely lived up to the hype. It's 40-40, to 40, and the Patriots going down the field. You know they're going to win it just by three, and the Kansas City's still going to be like, hey, we really gave it our all, and it was pretty cool because they're not ready, but they will be. And I'm watching the game, and I'm like, Jeff, can we get started already? Can we get started? He goes, what's the rush? And I'm like, it's 11.30 already. He goes, it's only 8.30, and I'm like... 
Oh, right. I forgot. You know, I'm used to watching Sunday Night Football. I'm like, Jesus Christ, it's midnight already. It's beautiful over there. It's only 830. I'm like, oh, yeah. What am I? What am I? I'm high. I don't know what day it is. I'm, I got to relax. I got to relax. So you do the podcast. I'm still having a good time, but it was like, eh. So by the time I get home from there, then I finally, I think I had to make a duty. I mean, I was just, you know, oh, my God. I, I was lucky I made it home at all. So Monday morning, I have lunch with, are you ready, Jessica Pilot? Yeah, she's out there. I wasn't going to call her, but she texted me, and I said, well, I'm actually out here, and I'm like, oh, what the hell? I'll see the kid. We had lunch at a lovely spot. You know, these California places, all the places are closed. It's a good thing somebody, my friend William, you know, who we have on the podcast, told me that the seats are close together. If he hadn't told me that, I would have freaked out, but he told me, so it was okay. Have brunch there. I don't know where all these people are having brunch at, uh, you know, like 1130. They're all free. Nobody works out there in the middle of the goddamn afternoon or the morning, whatever. Uh, and, you know, out there, what I like to do is uh, I can have eggs out. They make scrambled eggs there. They put stuff. I probably told you this before because I'm fascinated because here they do not do that. In New York City, you can't get scrambled eggs. They say they're scrambled eggs, but they come out like an omelet every time. This time they give you an actual scramble. And they just put shit in it. And I actually really like it a lot. Um, so we went there. And then she's like, what do you want to do now? And I'm like, I don't I, I don't know. I don't have any plans, but I, I don't know if I want to hang out. And she goes, well, I'm going to get some, you know, eyelashes or something. I go, you know what? I'm going to get a manicure. I mean, I keep forgetting. You know, I'm like, I'm so stressed at like work and like that. I think if I drink, I can't concentrate. I'm like, what am I doing? I, I technically, I keep thinking LA is like a work vacation. I want to, I want to further my career or something, but I forget sometimes. No, fuck it. I'm just, I'm on vacation. I'm having a good time. I came here for a party. I'm not podcasting. Let's just, why aren't I drinking during the day? What am I doing? What am I holding on to? So I decided to get a manicure and a pedicure. I went for it all. I needed one badly. I hadn't got a manicure in a long time. I definitely needed a pedicure. And I'm like, I got time to kill. It's nice out here. They got the door open. The, the, the weather's nice. You know, it's like a breeze coming through. And there wasn't any people there. So nobody was judging. You know, in New York, it's always so crowded. I don't like the ladies there that, you know, people walk by my building. You know, I got one place in my building. Everybody's pointing. Ha! Fag! I'm like, you won't be saying that when you see how great my nails are. <laughs> but it really was a good job. Oh, man, my nails still, I'm looking at them right now. They still look good. Should I get them buffed? And on my feet, you know, I had the, like those lines. I thought it was a fungus, but it's not. It's just like poor, I'm not taking care of them. This lady really made me look good. You know what I'm talking about. Ladies, forget it. The hair, the losing of the weight. The nails, <laughs> ladies, contain yourselves. Get ready because next year at this time, <laughs> sorry. <clears throat> anyway, so then she's like, "Well, let's go to this other bar." And I'm like, "Nah, I don't want to hang out." She goes, "No, it's a pinball bar." And I'm like, "Well, all right, I can check that out." So we go there. She doesn't have a car, so she uses Uber. So I was just driving her. And then, of course, that place doesn't open till four. So we're just sitting around. And I'm like, "Damn it!" And I'm like, "Well." If we can find a bar where we can sit outside, then I'll go. And I was talking to my friend Heidi, and I said, why don't you meet us? And she recommended a bar, and it was perfect. Sitting outside in the middle of the day, not where the car is coming, you know, just outside having a pleasant time. They got the Dodgers game on. It's like the middle of the afternoon. It's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Just drinking, having a good time. Actually, with Jessica Pilot, we had a, we had a lovely time. Uh, and I'll tell you this, this, this is unbelievable about Jessica Pyatt. Let me tell you, I know we've been talking about it for three weeks because she, this is, 
this is the reason we talk about her on the show. This is the most phenomenal thing about her, and this is why I get fooled by her sometimes. This is really the fascinating thing. I think I can just tell you this because I don't think it's a big deal. You know, she's really annoying, and she and and she and she flakes, but obviously she does a good job when she needs to or when it's her job when she's getting paid. So somebody hired her, maybe HBO hired her to do something. If she gets hired, she gets these jobs. Obviously, if she can live out, has a place that she pays rent at in California, has a place that pays rent here, she gets jobs and, and she gets paid. And she negotiates deals. She's very good at that, I guess. I've never seen her in action do that, but I saw her in action. I was in the car, and she goes, I'm trying to get uh, Justin Trudeau, who's the prime minister of Canada, the very handsome prime minister of Canada on this uh, HBO documentary. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Look at this one. Okay. Oh, good luck. Good luck, kid. We're in the car driving. She goes, oh, oh just turn the radio down for a second. I'm sorry. I, I would never do this, but um, it's Justin Trudeau's people. They're calling me. And the, the prime minister of Canada's people were actually calling her. And that, it was for real. Like, it, it, unless, I mean, it would be hilarious if it wasn't, but it, I, I believe her. And then she was talking to, and, and she was negotiating a deal to get the prime minister of Canada on the show. And that's where she's such an interesting person. She can get stuff done if she, you're if she's in your corner, if you're in her corner. But so I'm sure she can still get stuff done for me. Uh, I think you just got to tell her who to go for, and 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 just have do well, whatever the case may be. That was hilarious because I'm like, wow, her shit is real. That's the thing. As I always said, it's like funny. After all this time, we always thought she was crazy and crazy. You know, she got that job. She books the Stephen Colbert show. Somehow she, you know, pushed her way in there, and then she does this and. Then, it's funny because you always think she's talking shit, but she is not. So she met my friend Heidi who's doing the same thing. Like she also manages directs stuff and whatever she does. And they had some things to talk about and we were having a good time and then just had to go. So I was just hanging out with Heidi. And then um, I'm like, you know, I really want to pick up. So I want to go to one of those stores. I want you to take me to one of those pot stores. I want to go in there. I would, I would, I would like to buy is the i've seen people have have like a pack of cigarettes but it's just rolled joints i want to get that and then she said oh i got this new thing like i have the vape pen it's called dosage you suck on it and then until it vibrates and you get one pure dosage of thc i'm like everything you're saying sounds amazing i want to go to this store i want to look in this store and i want to purchase something on my or i want you to get it like so she goes there's a there's one right down the street it's called the higher path we go in. They don't even question anything. I, I I don't even think they ask for ID. They're like, yeah, go ahead. I think anybody can go. It's just totally legal, which is why Cory Booker was able to be at Sarah's party where everybody's getting high because it's completely legal. He wasn't getting high, but he's allowed to be there because it's completely legal. This is why I was able to tell this story in front of my niece and everything because it's just it's just like telling a drinking story now. It's fascinating. So I was able, I didn't have to give her money. I was able to buy with my credit card the weed I wanted. And then they're like, oh, you're traveling? Here's this. They gave me a laminated thing about how the laws are so lax in LAX. Lax in LAX. See what I did there? But how the laws are like this. Like you can bring this and you can bring that. You know, it's just like, because nobody, they just, they don't give a shit anymore about weed. They're looking for bombs. I tell you this because I said, well, I'm going to take all this stuff. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take it home. And as soon as I got home, 
I opened my bag. I didn't want to check yesterday when I was at my sister. I, I opened the bag. I had that card. My bag had been checked again. It always gets checked because I hide stuff in there. And what's in there? All the weed I kept. All the weed I took. They don't give a shit. But you know what I did? If that pack of uh, weed comes with a, a book of matches, and I was reading that, that you cannot... I, I put it in a checked bag. And they say you cannot put matches in a checked bag. So I opened the thing. I didn't want to open anything, but I opened it because I knew it came with matches. I took out all the matches. So I think there was no problem. You can't put matches in there. Plus, I put my vape pen... Like, you can't put e-cigarettes in checked luggage. But I did have my battery in there for my vape. But they asked me, do you have any e-cigarettes? I'm like, I don't have any e-cigarettes. I didn't lie. But I should probably put my battery in my check-on bag instead of the checked bag. And then there would be no problems. But it's so funny. I got the card. It said, your bag has been checked by the TSA. I get it all the time. And they leave the weed completely alone. Absolutely fascinating. When I think of myself as a 22-year-old kid, I cannot imagine this. When I was in that store, all I was thinking about is how, and I've been trying to do this as a joke, of how funny it would be to tell Rhoda to go, I'm having a party, and to tell her to go to the weed store and just pick something up because I forgot something. They said they don't have the purple kush, but they do have the gorilla glue. Are you okay with He says he's... Wait, hold on. He's saying me something else. He says it's a more mellow high. I, I, you can send your mother. This is like going to the fireworks store. When you're a kid, you can't even imagine. I try and tell kids this. Like, you, you don't understand what a dream this is. To go to a store like you go to a liquor store and you're just, you're just picking out weed. I, I, it's unbelievable. I don't have to hide it anymore. It's going to be legal here in like an hour. It's legal everywhere now. I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's so funny that New York with gambling and weed, it's like, what are you waiting for? People are making a fortune. What the, we got to get this Cuomo out of office. This guy's a fucking idiot. Jersey's making a fortune on gambling. Just let it happen. People are making millions and it'll probably be up to a billion in Colorado, Washington State, California. It's changed their economy around. Everybody just wants to get high. Who cares? And if it's like regulated, then you don't, it's like, you know, it's not that weed that we used to, you know, that was, you know, laced with shit. It doesn't make me paranoid anymore because I got it down to a science. Anyway. So that was great. So it was so exciting. That was like so exciting for me. Then I met my friend Steve uh, for dinner. I said, oh, great Steve Charlotte. We wrote Surrounded by Morons and a couple of other scripts with. And we always go to this great sushi place, and uh, I talk for an hour and a half, just like a podcast. I tell him everything I've been doing. Never stop. And he doesn't seem to mind. He seems to always want to go out. So I, I feel bad because I, I don't think I ever let him speak. Uh, I just have so much to get out. I don't know why. I think the story, I was just sitting here when I was doing the podcast before I played the monkey song. I'm like, is this a good podcast today? Are you okay with me telling this story? So I'm just going tell the story, but I think people like it. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I had to tell you the story because it was always kind of interesting. I, at least for me, I, it was a pretty good time. So then on Tuesday, my final day there. So on Monday night when I get home after sushi, Jeff Ross calls me and says, do you want to judge 
roast battle tomorrow at the comedy store with me and Yamanique. And I said, oh, my God, I would love to. Now, meanwhile, I hung up and I'm like, fuck. That's the last thing I want to do is do any work. And it's at 11 o'clock at night. And I, for the first time, scheduled an early morning flight. I always go at 3.30 in the afternoon. I'm like, oh, that ruins everything. But I can't say no. And I told him, me me and Yamanique judge stuff and work. So maybe that's why he thought of it. We we do it in New York. We have a good time. Maybe even after. He's like, oh, she's really, he's really funny on the show. So I'm like, what can I do? So I go to my thing. Remember how I told you how I do it? Um, I didn't realize that the judges have to kind of roast the roasters as well or the battlers, whatever you call them. So I would take jokes off the internet and I use them and I try and make it sound like my own, but I'm stealing because I can't write jokes. So I took the material I had in New York and I just took it and I wrote it and I put it in my pocket and I said, the problem this time will be that number one, Jeff's probably written half of these jokes I actually have on the paper. So that could be an issue. But what am I going to do? I got to take my chances. But I was very uptight about it. So I go out for lunch with, uh, oh, listen to this, right? So I got to lunch with uh, Mitch Watson, who I saw on Sunday. Now, I forgot to tell you this part. He's doing something with the producer of Lucifer. And I said, oh, my God, Lucifer, that's my favorite show. I can't believe I got a Netflix. He goes, he calls the lady back, and I get to tell her for a half hour how great Lucifer is and how satisfied I am and how they got that stupid Tom Welling. And she goes, oh, we agree. He sucks. Like it was great. I got to say all the stuff that I need to say. I even told her a story she didn't know, which makes Dave Juskow the greatest because he's got stories about everything. I said, let me tell you, the reason why you have Tom Ellis on that show is because Sarah Silverman was supposed to use him for a show she had in London, and they didn't hire him, and that's how you were able to have him. She goes, I didn't know that. I'm like, that's right. That's why you come to me to get the real story. Oh, I couldn't be happier talking about That's my favorite show on the air. Everybody knows it. Lucifer. So glad I got picked up for Netflix. I'm like, it's great. Uh, it's okay. Is it going to be darker? Are you going to curse? What are you going to do? It's like, no, we're not going to curse, but it's going to go darker. Yeah, a little bit darker. We're pretty much going to keep the same. I'm like, that's great. And then I got to tell her how those standalone episodes were amazing. She was so thrilled. Why wouldn't you be? It's like Adam Sledger. That's the reason why Adam Sledger likes me. I'm like, dude, you're amazing. Now, you, ha- you always have to have the blend. You have the first night. Where you just, you know, you, you, you got to get it out of the way. And then you just have to kind of pepper it in all the time because I can't help myself. When I'm sitting there, I'm just going like, dude, even that fucking new monkeys tune is amazing. Let alone I go through life singing that thing you do on a daily basis. With this woman, I was just telling, I kept, kept thinking of more stuff. I'm like, that standalone episode with that, the, the therapist's husband. And then you find out on the twist. Oh, my God. And she's like, oh, my God, this is the best call ever, you know. Because who doesn't want to hear that about their work? They they don't get to, if they hear from a fan, they get creeped out. But this is somebody she's working with. He's like, he's at my house right now. He's cool. And he's a huge fan of yours. So it's like the perfect thing. So that was super fun. And then Jeff wants me to come to the writer's room of the historical roast, which I'm pissed about because I want to be in the fucking historical roast. But I got to look, you know, whatever. He really wants me to come down to the writer's room. I go down to the writer's room. And I'm like, I took a picture of it, like, it's a goddamn office with, like, 15 people. And I'm like, you know, I work in an office every day. Jessica Pilot goes, let's go see Star is Born. And I'm like, I work in an office every day that doesn't have windows. Why would I come out to California and watch a movie in the daytime? That's like, what you know, when I'm on vacation, I have to stay in the sunlight as much as possible. Yes, Dave Juskow has to be outdoors. 
you know, I, I I'll see a movie at nighttime, but I got to enjoy the daytime while I'm outside because I am I I just you know I don't see the daylight very often. So I also oh, I got to go to this. Oh, so I don't go till eight o'clock at night because uh, the roast isn't until eleven, and I'm with all these guys and the guys that, of course that I've known for years and they're still writing there and just, and they, he's like Dave, read it, read the thing. So we sound what it sounds like, and I'm reading the roast and. It's funny, they're roasting like Anne Frank, Cleopatra, Muhammad Ali, Freddie Mercury. Historic roast battles, you know, a ghost in peace, whatever it is, or our ghost star, whatever they call it. It should be great. It's on Netflix. It's going to be on Netflix uh, coming out. I don't know when it's coming out. I know they're taping it in a couple of weeks. So I can't even be in it because I'm not going to be out there. Urgh! I love being, I, you know, I, I just want to be involved. Anyway, then we go to the roast battle and we get up there and and they have microphones all set up and they have the six judges and they have weed in front of every chair. A thing called speed weed in a package. You open up the package, it's like a sucking candy, like a, an edible. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I can't get away from weed here. Let alone the guy at the pot bar gave me like three joints. I've already bought joints from the store. So I said, I'm going to throw out I couldn't decide. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the joints that I have the the guy gave me because I can't take them home. I can't take the risk of taking all this weed home. I got to be careful and I got to be choosy because you don't want to you don't want to make it so obvious. You know what I mean? So I got the stuff in the package and I got the, like the dose kit. So I don't want to take random joints. I did that last time, which was fine because it was only two of them. But this I had to throw them out. And oh man, does it hurt to throw them out? But what are you gonna do? The guys I'm with they don't smoke. Guy runs a rehab center. He can't smoke. I couldn't even say, do you know who to give this to? I just threw it out. He'll never know. And so then they, they, all they do is give out weed. So like we're there. And then after this guy who I guess works for this company, Speedweed, Jeff goes, look, look at his look at his belt. He picks up his shirt. He's got a utility belt full of all colored weed, carry, like um, like vials with a big joint in them. like Like a girl at a strip club would carry shot glasses. He's got a utility belt. He goes, here you go, pal. And I'm like, oh, my God. It, what am I supposed to do? You just, they just, now they're just giving it away. And I'm like, Jeff, I can't. I would kill to take this. I can't. I'm afraid to take any more weed on the plane. I'm, I'm still a little paranoid. You, you just, you don't want to take advantage. <laughs> I don't know what the laws are. I don't think they would give a shit either. One extra joint, but. My God, I, I couldn't stop. They just kept giving it to me. Hey, take this with you. And I'm like, I'm flying. Uh, so we do the roast battle, and I stink. I'm just I'm reading off the paper, and it's not working. I'm just doing the best I can. Everybody else is really funny. Jay Okerson is there. He's, fo- he's so funny coming off the cuff. Jeff is tired, so he's not at his best, and he's still great. But he's so tired because he's been working on the roast. Then he goes to this. Yamanika's always funny. You know, she's got the black, fat black. My pussy don't feel right when you speaking. Like, that's what, you know, so how's that not going to work? How's that not going to work? My pussy drying up when you talking, boy. It sounds racist, but that's what she's saying. Actually, I don't know what she said exact thing. What, what I just said is actually hilarious. Um, And so when I saw Jeff later, he goes, yeah, I saw you had notes and everything. Rookie mistake. Bring notes. You know, you're just naturally funny. Just bring it up. And I'm, it's so funny. It's the exact opposite 
of the way we do it in New York. So I have to remember that for next time. If there is a next time, it's too bad because I didn't kill it. He'll probably never ask me again. And it was kind of a test. Damn it. But maybe it's not for me. I'm not. I am funny, but I'm not known. I don't know the guy, so I don't feel comfortable. And I really don't know what to say. I'm not good off the cuff. It's funny that I can do this podcast for an hour and a half, but I can't be off the cuff when these guys are like, I don't. I don't know. I got it. I, 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 uh, that's why I didn't even get high. I'm like, that'll be even worse. Everybody's high and they're still coming up with funny stuff. God damn it. This is exactly what happened at uh, Doug Benson's show. How is everybody funnier than me when they're high? It doesn't seem fair. And I'm trying to be good. So then I figure I'm going to hang. So I, I had packed up all my stuff from Pasadena, put it in the car and got ready because I wasn't sure how late this was going to go. Jeff never wants to go home. It's like 1.30. He goes, hey, um, I, I got to go home. And I'm like, what? You're not going to eat? We're not going to a diner? I mean, what the fuck? When, I mean, this guy never wants to go home. This time he finally wants to go home. I'm, I need to stay up all night to catch my plane again. And I'm like, well, can I at least just rest at your house? Can I just watch TV on your couch for a couple hours? And he's like, of course. So we went home. We had a really nice talk. Went to his house. Had a great talk. Um, really great talk. Uh, just had a little something to eat. And then he went to bed at 3. And I just stayed just like I did at my sister's the night before I left. The same exact thing. Watched TV. Standing up straight. Not taking my shoes off or anything. Not getting comfortable. Setting the alarm for 6 o'clock. Went to the airport. And just, you know, waited. <laughs> Then went to my sister's last night after I got back from Newark because I had to stuff myself with Taco Bell because while I was out there, I did not have any Jack in the Box and I did not have any Del Taco. And that's probably the first time in 30 years I didn't eat any of that stuff when I was in L.A. I can't even believe it. It's so weird. So I, I, I don't know. I just like I was like, I, I need to stuff my face with Taco Bell. I, I, I just needed to. I know I'd been dieting, but, I'm, but I was on vacation. I know you're on vacation. Man, these aren't just cops. They're super cops. I don't know what you're telling these guys, but they're super cops. Guys, the super cop story was working. Now I'm doing Beverly Hills Cop. I just go from 16 Candles to Beverly Hills Cop to whatever, right? Because that's what we do on this podcast. Now, there's one more thing I want to get to before we leave today. And it is, uh, it's so funny. So it's actually not funny at all. I don't know why I opened with that. Um, so while I was out there, I was thinking of, uh, you know what? I was playing, I was I was thinking of Triumph and Magic Power, which we played uh, two weeks ago with my friend Cara Blanca, who got me into Triumph. And I called him, and I, I mean, I've been talking to him for years. Uh, and I said, you got to listen to this week's podcast because I talk about Triumph and I mention you. And... Uh, you know, and how important it kind of was and it makes me feel better. And he said they just went up for their 30th reunion and I was like, wait, I wasn't invited, but they've invited me a hundred times. I never go. And there was like, oh, there was plenty of Magic Power playing. And so the funny thing is I, I was thinking of, uh, I was going through Spotify. You know, when you know the beauty about being in LA is you can drive like you're, like you're a teenager. You know, there's lots of driving to do. I'm in the car all the time. So you can listen to music and listen to sports. I'm just in the car, it's beautiful. It's like being a teenager again. You're going home after in your car. It's like, it's 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 great. It's fun. And I was playing Spotify and I was like, geez, you know, there's this other song I remember 
I, you know, I guess when I was looking for Triumph, I'm like, you know, this song sounds so familiar. And then I remembered, that's the one I know from Triumph the best. And the weird, I was looking up Triumph online today because I was like, I don't, the only way I knew Triumph was through this guy, Carl Belanga from, from school. And he grew up in Rochester where he still lives. And I was like, maybe they're, because I'd never heard of them before or since I'd never heard of them on the radio. I don't remember them at all, except that he knew them. I mean, I knew, and those were my favorite bands. And I don't remember them being played on the radio or anything. I mean, they weren't like Def Leppard or Dokken or um, uh, Poison. That Talk Dirty to Me was like my favorite song when it first came out, except I couldn't buy that album because it was just too gay. It's all their faces and girls' makeup. Which I believe is the reason why Bon Jovi made their Slippery When Wet album. Oh, no, no. Actually, it was Rick Springfield who uh, said, let's not do that. Yeah, the Slippery When Wet album by Bon Jovi is just a wet garbage bag. And the studio was like, no, no. You got to put John and Richie's face on this thing. I mean, look at them. They're gorgeous. And they're right about that. And they're like, no, no. We're not. Richie was like, not doing it. I went to go buy the Rick Springfield Living in Oz album because I thought Rick Springfield's really good, and he is really good. And his face is just on it in a T-shirt. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to the counter with this. What are you fucking kidding me? So he's like, no, let's not, let's let's go the opposite direction. So it's like my favorite story. <laughs> I can't go buy this. What are you nuts? So I couldn't buy that first Poison album. It's got four like, you know, guys dressed like girls on it. They're not dressed like girls. They're just they're as pretty as girls. It was awkward. Um. Anyway, I just don't remember. So I was looking them up online, and you know, I was looking for some more interesting. They are a Canadian band, and I feel like besides Brian Adams, there weren't a lot of Canadian rock stars. Like the band, I don't. Maybe there were British ones, but there weren't a lot of Canadian ones. Like you know, I think Def Leppard might have been might might have been British, but most of the other bands were American. The glam rock ones. Not a lot of Canadian ones. Maybe that was the deal because they were Canadian. I just don't remember them being big, and I don't think they ever were. But there's one song that I remember completely, more than Magic Power, which I was playing the entire way, and then I couldn't believe I remembered like most of the lyrics. You know how bad I am with lyrics. And I was just singing it, and then I was like, that was my anthem. I always have to, every time I go out there, I got to have something I, I play in the car over and over and over again. And this one was... Uh, this time Triumph again once again going all the way back to 1985 here's Triumph and somebody's out there is it fate or random chance how can I decide I was like oh yeah I remember this right are we victims of circumstance when destinies collide woo But somehow you made it through Right, because I remember this part You can rationalize it away But it all comes down to you Half our lives we spent waiting For a knock upon the door It all came back When it comes to the 
somehow be somebody, someone someday. Yeah, I totally remember it. Driving in California when there's no traffic, this is terrific. Somebody's out there. Somebody's got to be out there. I hope you had a great time. I had a great time telling you my story. And, uh, you know, this now we now we got to get down to work. we got to do some serious podcasting and make this thing work. The staples are out. Everything's ready to go. Uh, more like a show tune at this point. Because that's what the 80s are at this point. Show tunes. Which we can see why that's why everybody on the 80s is working on Broadway. Anyway, I'll see you next time on the podcast. This has been the Nightfly. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. See you next time, everybody. Good night. Somewhere.